you're in Seattle, Seattle, you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandDonsitDown.com. It's GeForce O'Neal. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey, you guys. What's going on again? Happy New Year. It's kind of Happy New Year week right here at the Ron and Don Show. And heck yeah, it's Ron and Don. We're back. Episode 487. And once again, live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to tell you about something we're going to invite you to to come be with us. Because a lot of times we do Ron and Don sit-downs. And a lot of people want to sit down through the course of the year. And sometimes we run out of time. So we have an event coming up. The event is going to be free. It's going to be life-changing. And don't come if you're not willing to do the work. And the other thing is, Ron and I aren't sitting here selling tapes or videos or any of that bull. Yeah. We just want to be connected with some of you in the Ron and Don Nation. Let's say, hey, this year, 2023, this is the year I get a hold of my health. And this is the year I begin to understand more about building generational wealth, right? So anyway, thanks for making us your broadcasters, your friends, your podcasters, and your realtors. And for some of you, you may want to sit down right now because you're getting ready to buy or sell. Uh, and that's real easy to do, isn't it? Yeah, reach out to me, Ron at RonandDon.com. I can go to the website if you want to read more about what the sit-down is, and you can sign up for that. We will do a 30 to 45-minute uh, Zoom call and put a plan together to work with you. Yeah. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk a little bit more about that life-changing event. Also, we have to talk about dry January, because there's a lot of you doing dry Januaries right now. And as of January 18th of this year, uh, this will be my fifth dry January. And I'm going to tell you about the benefits of a dry January and why sometimes you may want to just keep going. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I read this story over the holidays, and I couldn't wait to see what Ron had to say about this, and I'm sure he'll have a story or two. And it talked about, and I don't know if you guys have done this before, where the power of traveling is the power of anticipation and reflection, right? I remember I used to date a gal who was a police officer, and sometimes being a police officer, as you guys know, could be a real pain in her, especially in the current climate that we're in. And so what she would do is she'd say, you know what I'm going to do is a year from now, I'm going to go to Egypt. But then she would spend that year deciding who she was going to go to Egypt with. Sometimes it's her mom or girlfriend. And she would spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos, studying things, uh, learning some of the language, right? Taking the year, really anticipating Then going on the trip and then coming back and reflecting on this amazing time that she just had in Egypt. And I learned a lot from that. So anyway, Ron does a lot of this too. That's why it's so great to travel with him because he does the power of anticipation, the power of preparation. It is all there. And so when we traveled overseas together, it was the first time I've been to London, Paris. Uh, It was the first time I stood on the beaches of Normandy. 
it was with him. It was the first time I woke up in the morning and I ran through the hedgerows that I always saw in World War II movies or I read about or I saw uh, Gregory Peck starring in something uh, back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, right? So anyway, this article talked about the fact that every once in a while, we anticipate a big trip and, oh, it really becomes a clunker and it's a huge disappointment and sometimes maybe it's we're disappointed in the money we spent or the experience that we had or maybe it was the people that we were with so ron got any travel stories is people are and i noticed this in my airbnb business people are booking this summer this spring and summer right now like crazy so even though other parts of the country are in a recession i think i i think there's still a lot of people that are going to be coming to Seattle this spring and summer. At least that's what my Airbnb accounts tell me. And a lot of people are coming here to travel to other parts, to jump on a cruise boat that I'm staring at right now at my window. And maybe you're heading up to Alaska, right? Or maybe you're coming here and then you're off to Maui, whatever it is. So got any uh, stories about something you really anticipated? And then you went, oh! Yeah, I, I have two, but I do want to preamble it with this. And I think you sort of referenced it a little bit in what you just said i would encourage if you have never traveled abroad especially if you have children there is nothing that i have found that gives you a a, a better perspective than international travel it is so easy to get seduced by the news cycle and the social media magnet of, of being in America all the time and of just being, uh, you know, around this political system and this environment. And when you go to another country, and I, I think, Don, you're, you're saying this, I don't know how big of an impact it had for you, though. It, it can't not but change your uh your outlook on life it changes your level of gratitude it changes it just changes you it changes you in my opinion in all good ways and so if you've never done it and i know it's a little bit of privilege for me to say hey go travel internationally but once if once in your life or send your kid if your kid could go to study abroad for a semester do it nothing will be more beneficial in my opinion than doing that having said that so the two times for me <laughs> One is domestic. It was a little bit out of my control. Then one's international. I'll start with the domestic one. I had all I'd read so much about Charleston, South Carolina, and the Low Country, and specific restaurants there, and Chef Sean Brock, and all of these dishes, and the the history that in the downtown. And so I was like, I'm I'm going to I'm going to Charleston. And in fact, started out in the Outer Banks. I've worked my way down uh, through that country to Charleston. And it was, it, it, I was really looking forward to this. Uh, and it was in lieu of doing an international trip. I was like, I'm going I'm to spend more time exploring some of the parts of America that I've never seen. This is one that has, ticks all the boxes for me. It has history. It has great cuisine. It has interesting geography. Uh, the, and the people are supposed to be friendly, a good architecture. Like it's all going to happen for me in Charleston. And I remember before you left, you, you were constantly, because you're so pumped up, you were eating a lot of Charleston chews. That's, that's I remember correct. Before the, before, the, before the trip. So, so as I arrived in Charleston, and this was not Charleston's fault, a, uh, a hurricane was bearing down. Oh, that's right, on the Outer Banks. On the Outer Banks. I remember that. <laughs> and as I arrived to Charleston, oh. there was about eight inches of water down the main drag, the historic drag of Charleston. 
I immediately, this was after her, you know, you and I had gone through Hurricane Katrina. Immediately went to my hotel room, called the, the airline. It was like, get me out of here. Done. Like, I'm done. So got there, I think spent one after, one night, one afternoon and night, and it was torrential rain, went straight to the airport and just left. So that one wasn't really Charleston's fault. I still want to do a, re- a do-over for Charleston. The other one, and this is going to, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings. Uh because of your heritage i was a bit not a bit i'm not going to couch it i was very underwhelmed with dublin ireland oh i had such high hopes because uh you're irish you know i had uh, the party was like oh maybe i'll find the o'neill clan and have all this went to there's nothing wrong with it per se it was just sort of like i have a very vivid recollection because you know how i travel that first day when I got there, man, I landed and I had a bunch of stuff that I wanted to check out. I had started walking around and I, I think I did 13, 14 miles that day. I got back to my hotel room and I opened my guidebook and I was like, I think I just saw Dublin. <laughs> like I checked off just about everything that was on my list in one 13 mile walk. I was like, okay, Dublin. There we go. Yeah. All right. So that just happened. And it was a little underwhelming. Like it was not, uh, as far as capital cities in Europe go, yeah. it was not like the other capital cities. How in was Europe the shepherd's pie? Did you, did you, did you have a beer while you were there? It's a, it's yeah. a great place, place to go and, and, and I sent gain you, there 30 was, pounds in about four days. There was an O'Neill's <laughs> pub and I went into O'Neill's pub on your yeah. behalf and I had a Guinness and all that stuff. And it was sort of like, it was just that one was underwhelming too. The Cliffs of Mower, spectacular yeah. uh, for a day, and that's where J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a couple of his books. Uh, that was incredible. But um, yeah, Ireland a little underwhelming to me, yeah. and and it could have been my expectation. I thought it was going to be more like huh. the other capital cities I'd been to in Europe, and yeah. it just isn't. Yeah. Wow. What about you? I have to. I have to say when when. First off, did it change you when you traveled? Oh, sure. Yeah, it was. It, it's and, and in fact, uh, G Force and I on New Year's Eve did a version of what we did last year, and we wrote down five things that we want to continue to do and accomplish together, including kind of a family motto, uh, which maybe I'll share sometime, but not today. Uh, and one of those things is about he and I are divers now, but we've never gone diving together. And so it's about going to a place that you've already been, uh, Costa Rica, and going diving together this year. So we are working on his passport right now. And I'm excited that he's going to have a passport when he's 12 versus, you know, I got my first passport when I was 50. Right. So, because I had to work through some things as far as flying and whatnot. But I, I have to say, when we went to Paris and I saw the Eiffel Tower, I thought to myself, this thing is a giant piece of junk that needs to be spray painted. Really? That was my reaction to it. Just a big piece of junk. And then I started reading about the world's fairs and where the Space Needle came from and the Eiffel Tower. There, there, there are Eiffel Towers or versions of the Eiffel Tower, and there's versions of the Space Needle uh, all, over the, all over the world, right? Because if you were going to compete for the world's fair, it'd be like today 
competing for the Olympics or today if you were competing for the uh, World Cup. For the World Cup, yeah. That's what the World's Fair was then. And you knew if you could get you know, people to come, get the world to come, and there was no social media, then maybe you could get the Beatles to come or maybe you could get Elvis to visit your city, things like that. So I have to say, and I didn't know that the Space Needle was supposed to be dismantled when they were done with it, and so was the Eiffel Tower. They should just dismantle it. It's just a big piece of junk. I respectfully disagree with it. (laughs) Did you go up? I did. I tried to run up it. There were too many people. There's lots of smoking. There's really hot girls there that walk down the street with a cigarette in one hand and a bag out in the other, and I still don't have that figured out. Uh, And I was just kind of weirdly attracted to it. (laughs) Why wouldn't you be? It's hard, though, to run through the city when everyone's smoking. And still, like, I went to the barber there, and the barber was smoking while he cut my hair. I went into the laundromat to do some laundry. Everybody was smoking inside the... There is no smoking section. Paris is the smoking section. Right. We we will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, we just want to take a moment to thank everyone that got their Ron and Don sit-down mug and their Ron and Don coffee pot in 2022, and here we come in 2023. What I mean by that, whenever we sit down with somebody, we give them a camp mug that says Ron and Don. I sat down with Ron and Don, and then after we've done a transaction where maybe we bought a piece of real estate together, or we have sold a piece of real estate or invested in a piece of real estate, then around this time of year, we send them the coffee pot that says Ron and Don on it too. That way we can't be forgotten. That's correct. If you want to sit down with us and talk about your real estate journey, it's pretty simple. It takes 30 to 45 minutes. It's absolutely free to do it. And let's find out together if we would be a good team in 2023 to work toward whatever it is on your real estate course. Yeah, there's two ways you can do this. They're both very easy. One is you can just email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. Just say, hey, Ron, uh, I heard you guys talking about the sit-down. What do I need to do? Second thing is you can go to ronanddonsitdown.com, poke around the website a little bit, read up a little bit on uh, what people are saying about us, what our reviews are, what uh, more information there is, and you can schedule a sit-down right there. Just hit the schedule a sit-down button. All right. We'll see you guys at the sit-down, and believe me, when you see us in person, yeah, we're as scary as we sound. (laughs) Now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. I always enjoy reading Nicole in the Seattle Times, and I don't know if she's doing it this year, uh, and she used to drop by the radio station. Uh, She's a pretty good host, too. Anyway, Nicole, who's one of their feature writers, uh, always writes about the benefits of doing a dry January. And I have some friends right now that are doing a dry January, uh, and I'm doing a dry January, and a lot of times I do dry Februarys and Marches and Aprils and Mays uh, and put a lot of those dry months together, and I've, I've shared some of my story uh, with you before. Let me ask you, and for those that don't know, it just means you're going to take the month off of, of, of drinking, and I want to talk about some of the benefits and some of the benefits that I that I noticed in my life when I did a dry January or February. Some people do a sober October. Have you ever tried on purpose? And I don't mean by happenstance, Ron. Have you ever tried like a significant amount of time to say, "Hey, 
this significant amount of time, I'm not putting alcohol in my body. Have you done that before? Yeah, of course. When I'm, when I, uh, I have done, I'm doing basically dry January right now as we speak. And, um, I, I have done that before before and and one thing and i think this might resonate with some people for me in this dry january uh part of the thing for me like i i enjoy uh, a good cocktail i'm not necessarily a wine guy a lot of times it's paired with food for me and another thing that i like about it is i like as a single guy having some ritual and markers in my day and especially and with covid where you're working from home so for me um, part of transitioning from being in my office and like the workday is over and like going on to the evening time was to mark it with having a cocktail a lot of times. And so I've been for this dry January doing some, uh, some mocktails and there's some really interesting options out there right now. If you're, cause part of it, like I said, is the ritual. I like the paraphernalia i like the you know shaking the shaker and like doing all this stuff and the other thing i really like about it is i like big flavors with food hmm. like it, it there's nothing to me more flavorful liquid wise than a really well-crafted cocktail especially if it pairs nicely with what you're eating and so i went out because i know that i i like that uh and so having the option to still do that ritual and have no alcohol in it uh, I thought would be interesting. So there's a big story in the New York Times on this. I went to the the store and I bought some. I bought a a version. I'm, I'm going to put this in air quotes. There's an alcohol free tequila I got, an alcohol free uh, rum that I bought, and an alcohol free whiskey that I got. They are not like drinking the the spirit. So you're not going to go. Oh my god, it tastes exactly like tequila. It doesn't taste exactly like tequila doesn't have the effects of tequila, but it is a distilled agave. It doesn't have the effects of tequila? You're not going to get drunk off of the Yeah, then what's alcohol. the point? What's the point? Point is, is that you can, <laughs> I made a... Uh, a tequila really, makes her clothes fall off. What right. are you doing? <laughs> a yeah. really nice, Kenny uh, you know, alcohol-free margarita the other day and did the the kind of the ritual of making it. And it, it uh, it's not the same as having... Th- two or three margaritas in terms of the, you know, you don't get that alcohol buzz, but it was, it satisfied me um, in this alcohol free and very low carbs, like not a lot of calories. It's just a, a lot of flavors. Yeah. So, you know, making, having fresh lime juice, the alcohol free tequila, throwing that together with ice and shaking it up and having it with my dinner uh, was, was very nice. So it's, it's, I can still do some of the psychological things that went along with it for me and not have to have any alcohol. Yeah. And you know, sometimes people with mixed drinks, they're not, it's not an addiction to the alcohol. It becomes an addiction to the sugar and, and sometimes the sugar that comes with the mixer. Uh, I have a friend who their dry January is not necessarily, they don't have a problem with alcohol. They just have the problem with the, the orange juice and the pomegranate juice and all the other juices that they love that go with that. So let, let, let me say this for people that are suffering addiction. What I'm about to share is not for you. It's not. If, if you are at a point in your life where alcohol, alcohol is complete control, or if you are drinking alone, if that's increasing, if you're drinking not only alone, but when you're sad, if you're drinking to cope, if you're drinking to numb, if you are drinking in the morning, if you're drinking in the shower, 
Uh, if your drinking has accelerated where it used to be beer and wine, and now the only way to get hammered is with a couple shots of tequila, vodka, whatever that is, this is not for you, right? And just in knowing Ron, uh, I would be really surprised if he was addicted to alcohol. I would be, that'd be a big shocker for me. Uh, and so I feel like I, I can share this. Uh, those that have an addiction issue, uh, there's a lot of cool places you can go online. You can jump in a clubhouse. You don't. A lot of people sometimes don't want to go to a formal meeting, and I understand that and I get that. Some people go to formal meetings and they go every day and they've gone for thirty years and they have to. They they just it's not they want to sometimes because they have to. So this is different. Let let me talk just from a health perspective about what happens to our bodies when we experience a dry January together. And again, these are people that aren't suffering the addiction of alcoholism. They're just saying, you know what? I'm not going to put alcohol in my body for 30 days. Number one, you have to understand alcohol, when you put it in your system, is, is toxic. It's a toxin, right? It makes your skin look different. It makes your eyes look a little duller. Uh, one of the reasons why we drink it sometimes is because maybe we want to feel a little duller uh, after a long day. And the things that alcohol does, it does until it doesn't. So when you sit down because you're feeling maybe some anxiety or you just want to break from the day, you know, alcohol in your brain system actually does that. All the chemicals that it releases it's really a positive, nice feel. You probably know that when you go to a happy hour and you're having a drink or two and you feel like you're letting go a little bit and you're having social conversation and it feels good to you. The difference for some people is when they leave the happy hour, the happy hour doesn't leave and the happy hour continues, right? And then that becomes an issue. So if you've decided to give up alcohol for a month, you're actually deciding I'm not going to put something that's toxic and scientifically it's toxic for 30 days. You know, it begins to happen in the kind of the first week is you're going to notice a difference when you look in the mirror and you look at your skin, you are going to notice that your skin is going to begin to change if you drink a couple drinks every day, which a lot of people do, or you've been drinking a lot during COVID, you're also going to notice in the first week to 10 days, you're going to notice your eyes are going to become clear. And also, if you've had any kind of brain fog, right, you're going to notice two to three weeks in that some of that brain fog is going to begin to lift. You're also going to notice some of the visceral fat around your gut is going to begin to disappear. This is what happens if you and I go out and we have a great pasta dinner tonight. Let's say Ron's there, I'm there, and you guys are there. And we're all hanging out and we say, you know what? Let's get a bottle of cake bread. That used to be one of my favorite Chardonnays. Do you like cake bread? Uh, with pizza, no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah I, hey, I, I no, I'm having, pa- I'm having pasta. Oh, pasta? Uh, yeah, we're having a little pasta. We're having a little cake bread. You might want red. I'm going to have white. And we sit there and we have a couple glasses of wine together with our pasta. And then at the end, we decide, you know what? Because I used to really like a good port. Maybe we'll have a little port, a 10-year tawny, if we could, before we get out of here. I so, love port. So you have, port's great, I've right? been to port, Porto. Yeah. So, so anyways, you have this port. You go home and you go to bed and maybe because you had some of this alcohol, wow, 
you go to bed and you're sleeping and you're sleeping and you're sleeping and you're doing great. And then all of a sudden, 315, your eyes open up <laughs> and you're awake. <laughs> And you might be awake for the rest of the morning, which really sucks. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, or there's a, a bathroom event that needs to happen yeah. in the middle of the and night. And now you're awake, and it's 3.30 in the morning, and you're like, oh. and a lot of it had to do with the alcohol you were consuming the night before. You know what happened in your body? Your body says, and your liver says, I can only process so many things, and when it comes to alcohol, I can only process alcohol. And so what I'm going to do, because I can't process food and alcohol at the same time. So what your liver decides is, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to work on this alcohol. And your liver is working on the alcohol. Your body your, or is working on that alcohol to process that alcohol that's in your system. Once it is processed that, about 3, 3.15 in the morning, bing! That's why, and I, I won't go into the science behind it right now, but that's why your body gives you a wake-up call because now it's done processing the alcohol, and now it has to process the spaghetti from the night before and the rigatoni and everything else that you had. And that's why you wake up in the morning sometimes and you're looking at that belly fat, which is deadly, you guys. Belly fat is deadly. It is. And you're just looking at that and going, Wow. Looks like I gained a little pasta weight last night. It's because your body processed the alcohol before it processed that pasta. Now let's say we're going to go out and we're going to have a couple LaCroix or just some sparkling water. A lot of times that's what I have when I'm out eating pasta. The difference is when I go to sleep, I don't get that 315 call from my body going, bing, time to get up, process the alcohol. And once I leave the restaurant or even while I'm still sitting there, when I'm done, my body goes to work on processing that pasta. And so I am not going to struggle with my visceral fat as much as you are if you're a daily drinker, even if you're not consuming a lot of alcohol. You get to week three and week four. You get to these places and spaces where you begin to look in the mirror. You begin to see a jawline. Maybe a dimple uh, reappears. You're thinking clearly. You physically see clearly. Everything becomes very clear to you. You have more energy. You're noticing at work, you have more patience with your kids. And you're noticing that this anxiety and the reason why sometimes we end up smoking or drinking or doing other things, you're beginning this. You can just, you, you can wake up and you can deal with it. You can meet that anxiety head on. And you know what some people do? is they take that dry January, and maybe they start drinking again in February, March, but they take some of the habits that they learned, and they said, you know what, maybe I'm not going to be an everyday drinker, or maybe I'm not going to celebrate with alcohol, because that's what our culture has taught us. It's a celebration. Well, the person that doesn't, if you don't have an alcoholic beverage in your hand, how could you be celebrating? Here's the other thing. If you're having men problem with your testosterone, and you're having problems in the bedroom, and you're going out and popping all kinds of pills and seeing doctors and taking shots and your gonads and doing everything else, stop drinking for a month. You'll turn into a sex machine. Just ask Ron. Hey, you guys. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. We will see you for one more segment on the other side of this. Three, two, one. Buy down. What the hell does that mean? Uh, Mitch is here from Mitch.loans. What is a 3-2-1 buy down? Because when the market is going crazy these past couple of years, 
and there weren't enough homes for all the buyers and money was cheap. I didn't hear a three, two, one, buy down. What is that? Yeah, and investors are definitely bringing it back. And you hear me say all the time, your rate is not your rate. There's room to negotiate. And now with sellers being in a little bit of a panic, they can actually give you money to buy down your rate. They can do it up front or they can do a buy down. And a 3-2-1 buy down means that you get a rate of 3% less than the market rate for a year, wow. 2% less for another year, 1% less for another year. And it's the year four that you finally actually start paying the current rate. And if you refi out, you actually get all of that prepaid interest refunded back to you. So there's no risk. If rates drop in the next year, you get all that money back. You didn't waste that money. Yeah. So you hear everyone say all the time, date the rate, marry the property. That's how you do it with a three, two, one, buy down from Mitch.loans. Reach out to him today. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Our thanks to Les Schwab, also Mitch at Mitch.loans, and of course, Ron and Don Realtors and Ron and Don Real Estate sponsoring today's show. Speaking of real estate, we have an event that's coming up that we're going to tell you more about. In fact, you can read about it in our newsletter. I want you to go to ronanddonsitdown.com and get signed up for the newsletter. And what we're going to do in the coming weeks is we are looking for 30 like-minded people that have never bought a real estate before. You've never bought a home before. You've never done it, but you've been curious about it. Because what Ron and I have noticed in our real estate journeys, people that we really like working with. And sometimes people are like, well, why aren't you out selling the $8 million homes? Because if you make 3% on $8 million, you do one transaction a year and that's it. (laughs) Be a luxury home guy. (laughs) And the bottom line is, can we sell an $8 million home? Of course we can but this year, as we come into 2023, we see a lot of opportunities for buyers. In fact, we saw opportunities in 2022 where we had some great success for first-time buyers, right? Sometimes first-time buyers are on, and we'll talk more about this when we get together in early March because we're going to have an event. We're going to invite you guys to it, and we're going to tell you more in the newsletter. So that's why you have to go to ronandonsitdown.com right now. Get signed up for the newsletter, and we're going to send out some invitations, and we're going to invite 30 people from the Ron and Don Nation to come be with us. It doesn't cost anything. We're going to feed you. We're going to spend about two hours together, and we're going to talk about health. We're going to talk about wealth, and we're going to talk about how that can be life-changing, especially for the first-time homebuyer. Ron, the bottom line is this, and we're helping some first-time homebuyers right now. When you're a first-time homebuyer in that old market where prices were so accelerated, a lot of times you don't have the leverage that other buyers have because buyers who have bought real estate before, they can pull money out of those pieces of real estate. They can take that cash and then they can step to the front of the line and go, hey, sorry you missed that house, but I'm going to step to the front of the line with my all cash offer. I'm going to buy that house. And it was really hard in 2021 and parts of 2022 for a buyer, especially a first-time buyer, to buy a piece of real estate we see that changing right now, don't we? We absolutely see that changing. And, and I want to give my uh, two cents on, on who I'm looking for uh, for this because it is, it is going to be an adventure. That's going to be a journey, but it, it will be life-changing. And so what, what do I mean by that? Um, and when Don said like-minded people, for me, like-minded means this. You are aspirational this year to change your life for the better. 
you uh, have set aside some mental space and some time in your day to say, in 2023, I am improving my life. I am making a change for the better. And that could incorporate health, like we've talked about a lot. But it's like, I, I'm paying rent every month anyway. I should be an owner here. But maybe I'm scared. Maybe I feel like it's, uh, it's not for me. Maybe I have some things going on in my head where I, I for whatever reason, have a belief structure that's like, I could never do this because I live in an expensive market or I don't have a ton of cash to put down. Whatever the barrier is in your mind, this is the year where you're like, you know what? I'm going to be brave. I'm going to jump in the arena and, and I'm going to do this. I am going to change my life for the better. It was interesting. I have a, a friend that you know very well uh, that we Zoom call uh, every Wednesday night and we check in and we were talking about this. And I said, I asked him, I was like, has there been anything, uh, because he's, he's a very successful professional. I said, has there been anything in your life, in your security, uh, in this arena that has changed your life for the better more than real estate? And this is a guy that's done projects uh, pretty much on every, almost every continent. Uh, and he thought about it for a minute and was like, no. He goes, when you first met me, it took everything I had. I bought a, a triplex that had a really junky house and a two junky, a duplex next door. And I took five, six years and I renovated all three units and did a lot of the work myself. And he goes, and it sucked. He goes, I learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes. And there was many times where I was living in a construction site, but I, I took that threeplex when I was 29, 30 years old and I renovated it. He goes, then I sold it, doubled my money by selling that duplex and parlayed that into the big house that he owns now. Then he built a, a day do in the back of his, his house that he has now. And he's like, no, he goes, I would not be here right now if I had not had the courage uh, to jump into real estate when I did. And at the time, it was super expensive. At the time, he didn't know if he could do it. At the time, he was just on the rise in his career. He hadn't had much, he'd had some success, but not anywhere near the type of success or income level that he has now. And I told him, me too. He goes, the condo that I live in right now is the first thing I ever bought. And it took everything I had to buy it. And, and I bought, and, and I would not be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for real estate. So if, if this, it's not an understatement for me to say, or an overstatement to say, this event is going to change your life. That's the type of person that I want to attend. I don't want a tire kicker. I don't want someone that's, you know, I'm doing research. I want someone that's motivated to change their life. And uh, I've invited some people to it. In fact, a client that we just closed a house on this last quarter is going to be there. Changed his life. Mm. Changed his life. His dad passed away mm. the same week that he tore his Achilles and his, his college athletic career was over. Mm. Same week. Yeah. Ripped his Achilles, had a needed an operation, legs in a cast. His dad dies. And he's like, how am I going to change my life now less than a decade later through real estate? Mm. And uh, he, in fact, texted me. He's like, I want to buy a house, a vacation house on a golf course now. And I was like, let's, let's start researching. He goes, it's probably five years away, but that's my goal now. He's been motivated and he's seen how this changed his life. So that's who I'm looking for. 30 people that are motivated for a positive a life-changing event. This is a life-changing event. And I don't think I'm overselling that uh, because we want to partner with you to change your life for the better. Yeah. And let's say you have a crappy credit score. Let's say you don't know what your credit score is. 
let's say that you've never bought a piece of real estate and you don't even know what a down payment would look like. Uh, that begins the journey, right? That begins the journey. I remember when I bought my first piece of real estate, I had to stop because I used to buy everything in credit. Uh, or I'm sorry, I used to buy everything in cash because I was so afraid of going into debt when we moved from radio station to radio station. So the one thing that I didn't do is I didn't pay attention to my credit score. And then all of a sudden I wanted to buy a piece of real estate and they're like, yeah, your credit score, not great. And it wasn't that I had gone out and done a lot of bad things or signed loans. Uh, it's just that I wasn't using my credit effectively. I didn't know how to do it. So I had to go get some coaching and some help. And I took between six and eight months. And it took that long to just rebuild the credit that I needed to order uh, in order to purchase a house. That was like I was going to Nordstrom and be like, what if I buy this cash, these shoes with cash? Like, <laughs> like look, look, am I paying cash? Yeah. How about I get $10 off for cash? Yeah. So one of those pieces of real estate I'm sitting in right now. And I bought this this piece of real estate when my son was coming into the world, and I bought it for four eighty five in the last downturn. I bought it in two thousand ten. So here we are, two thousand twenty three, thirteen years later, and the bank came out and saw this property the other day, and this bank decided that my property is worth three point five million dollars plus, so a little more than that, without getting into the specific numbers of that. So. Just by owning this piece of property, and I have lots of equity in this property, just this one piece of property alone, right? Uh, this has made me a millionaire as a result of that, a multimillionaire just from this one piece of property. Then you add some of the other homes and some of the other real estate that I own, but I've done that with partners, I've done that with mentors. And I've done that with people whose lives had already been changed, and then they showed me the way. What are Ron and I going to charge you for this? Nothing. But you have to be all in. You have to do your work. You have to be curious. If you don't have a credit score, you have to listen to us and let's go build one. If you don't have a down payment, you have to have the spirit of whatever it takes to save up to buy that first piece of real estate. So there is no such thing as passive income. Passive income, you force appreciation on a property. What does that mean? I'll tell you when we get together at this life-changing event. You know what I was doing yesterday for all this passive income? Because the property I'm sitting in actually brings in 140 grand a month. So not only does it pay for itself, it cash flows, but I spent the day yesterday with my mom out buying detergent, right? Out buying uh, dryer sheets, out buying toilet paper. Uh, talking to people that live in my Airbnbs. Did you uh, mean 140 grand a year or 140 grand a month? This did I say a month? Yeah, you said a month. Uh, 140 grand a year. Okay, yeah. Right. So I was like, and if I not- didn't, and if I didn't live in this main house, and there's been times where I didn't live in this main house, this property will do uh, close to 280 thousand dollars a year on a property I owe just over a million dollars on. So you can see, I did, and I made a lot of money when I worked at the at, at the radio station. Just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean that you have built generational wealth, right? And the thing that Ron and I are most proud of is that we have lots of clients in the black and brown community that we have been teaching 
how to build generational wealth and how to do that in a healthy in, in a healthy way. And I think the people out there that invite you to something like this, and again, stay tuned, ronandonsitdown.com. The invitations will go out and we'll take 30 people. We're not selling, do they still sell CDs? We're not selling tapes. We're not going to Tony Robbins you and say, give us 50 grand and I'll be your coach. It's none of that bullshit, you guys. We are just inviting you to come, to learn from us, and then to go out in the marketplace and say, hey, let's go buy our first piece of real estate together. Those are the kind of things we love because we know it's life-changing. I'll finish with this. We're working with a Seattle firefighter right now. She has never owned a piece of real estate in her life, and she is getting ready to get married raise a family, just like I was 12, 13 years ago. Not the marriage part, but the raise a family. And so she has stepped into this and said, yeah, I'm ready to go on that journey. And the journey has taken some time because we had to figure out credit scores. We had to figure out uh, what is our leverage with the bank? How much money can we borrow? Do we need a co-signer? Are we going to do this as an FHA loan? Are we going to put a lot of money down or a little money down? How are we going to compete if there's multiple offers? It's those types of things that we're going to talk about when we get together for this life changing event. So Ron, again, people can go to ronandonsitdown.com. The invitations as you hear this are going to go out in the next week. We're going to take the first 30 people. We're going to feed you well. It's going to be about two hours. I'm going to speak. Ron's going to speak. We'll have some special friends there. But again, I really like what you just said about the people that we are looking for. Uh, Because if you just love us from the radio and want to come hang out, we can go hang out a different time and have a cup of coffee. This is for people. This is this is for people that really in 2023 want, and you're not going to get wealthy this year you guys. You're not. And you're probably not going to change your health overnight. But if we commit to it together in 2023, a year from now in 2024 when we look back, I think we will say that this was a life-changing moment. I do. Yeah, so it's going to be 30 people. Again, uh, the the newsletter is the way to go on that. Uh, I am really looking forward to this. This is going to change lives. Uh, That's that's the thing Don and I realize gets us jazzed uh, to get up in the morning and put in the hard work for our Ron and Don real estate business is that knowing that we can help change people's lives for the better. Let me just say this. If you know right now, and we're going to do this in March, and we have a date set. No, February. Or I'm sorry, we're doing it at the end of February. Yeah, February 16th Oh, is the event. Is the event? Yeah. Oh, we're doing this in February. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this in February. If you know right now you're coming, if you know you're coming, if you know you want to be a part of this, if you're raising your hand and saying, ooh, ooh, ooh pick me, uh, I want you to write, and, 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 and again, formal invitations will, will, will go out. I want you to write Ron directly. Uh, where can they reach you? How can they Ron reach you? Ron at ronanddon.com. Just do that. Write Ron directly and say, hey, I want to be there the, February 16th. Yeah, if you're like, this is what I've been waiting for. Love it. Okay, you guys, life-changing event coming up February 16th. I'm glad I know the date now so I can be there. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks to Les Schwab. Thanks to Mitch.loans. 
uh, at Home Seed. And also thanks to Ron and Don, who are my realtors. I love those guys. Don't forget, episode 488 will be here before you know it. And then this week, we're adding a fourth podcast. It's going to be real estate only, right? Absolutely. That one, I'm excited to see how this goes and check out how many people are interested in sharing it, listening to it, and, and consuming more of it. Sounds good. All right, you guys, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. It's the Ron and Don Show. Thank you for listening. And as you two says, thanks for giving us great lives. And as Dory Monson said on his last show, we love you. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. It's the Ron and Don Show. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.